Welcome to the Blaze. This is episode. Wait a minute. This is not an episode. This is something that I'm trying to get uh, started every month. I uh, want to at least uh, do this with my friends and family, or you know, any any business owner that wants to uh, get on the podcast. But I'm um, lucky to have one of one of my good friends, uh, Ben Litwek. Thank you, Ben, for coming in and uh, helping me out with this uh, first episode for uh, the new content I'm coming out. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, um, I just wanted to just clarify, who, who are you? Tell me a, a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Ben Litwack, and I am the owner and head brewer at Rocky Hill Brewing. And as the head brewer, can you tell us, uh, it's like, the ones and twos of your job? Uh, well, since we're kind of a small brewery, pretty much entails everything on the production end. So brewing the beer, doing all the cleaning, all the cellar work, uh, Pretty much everything. <laughs> so basically, you're, you're the handyman of the of the shop, then. Yeah, I try not to be, but it, it ends up that way. <laughs> but you know, someone has to do the dirty work, and definitely uh, being around you and being around uh, Rocky Hill a lot, I see that there's a lot of improvements going on, and I see that that hard work is actually coming uh, into fruition for you. And I just want to say congratulations on that. Oh, thank you so much. Um, but the real reason why we we're here today was to talk about uh, the beer that we collaborated with. Um, what can you tell us a little bit about the beer? Well, it's a New England IPA that you picked out the hop schedule for. Uh, we use Citra Idaho Seven and Amarillo hops, and it is delicious. <laughs> so, could you uh, could you just give give the audience a little bit uh, of a clarification of what maybe notes and different tastes that you get from the beer? Right now, I mean, up front, I'm getting a. Uh, quite a bit of citrus. I'm getting a tiny bit of like a candy-ish flavor, I think from the Amarillo hops, and then uh, the Idaho 7 tends to, to uh, contribute a uh, stone fruit character. And right now, I think the Amarillo and the Idaho, uh, Idaho 7 hops are playing together really nicely, and then the citrus kind of that citrusy, citrusy base in there. So um, it's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's nice and juicy. And then we also have like a little bit of a hop bite there. So I think there's a lot of good balance. And these are the kind of beers that I think are crushable. These are beers that I actually, when I come to your brewery, I actually uh, tend to go towards like the hazy IPAs that you come out with. I know um, that you have a few on the board right now. Is there a, can you tell us exactly maybe uh, some of the different uh, flagship beers, hazy beers that you come out with? I'd say if we had, if we could be accused of having one flagship, it'd probably be Blue Dream, which uh, is a 100 mosaic hopped uh, New England IPA, and uh, we've just experimented with it a lot over the last couple years, uh, especially in the last year. It did a lot of changes to it, and we finally came up with something that we liked, um, and it's our most popular beer, probably right next to our Blonde Ale. Uh, I've had the Blonde Ale as well. That one's actually really good. Um, but you also have a milkshake, milkshake IPA that I saw on the board. Can you tell, uh, tell us a little bit about the milkshake style IPAs? Yeah, well, there's a couple of them up there. There's Blue Dreamsicle, which is the milkshake version of Blue Dream, and then there's Raspberry Shake. Uh, milkshake IPAs are, um, at least how we do them, it's generally a New England IPA that we've added uh, lactose and aged on uh, vanilla beans. And uh, so the raspberry shake one, we added a raspberry puree during fermentation. And then uh, 
use lactose and vanilla beans, so it kind of has like a, I guess, just like the name says, like a raspberry shake flavor, and, and the color on it is pretty crazy. It's a very vibrant pink color, which I think uh, it gets a lot of attention just visually. So is that one of the beers that you carry uh, often, or is it like a seasonal beer that you have? Uh, you know, at this point, we're kind of feeling everything out, seeing what people enjoy. I mean, at a certain point in time, it was hard to keep enough raspberry shake in stock, but I think in craft beer, the trends move so quickly. Now we're noticing like, okay, some people, especially in the heat, aren't too keen on uh, having a thick beer with a lot of vanilla flavor in it. So um, we'll probably won't be brewing quite as much raspberry shake and shifting into different things. We're just kind of trying to see what people are enjoying and uh, play catch up and make enough beer for that. Well, that's a that's a hard thing to do is to, to be able to make certain type types of IPAs and make them different in its own way. Like you said, you had the, the drinkable and then that, now you have that raspberry milkshake. Is there maybe another type of fruit that you might want to, you know, go with? Uh, maybe it'd be like a blueberry or something crazy? It's funny you mentioned blueberry. I was thinking about actually putting blueberries in the Blue Dreamsicle. I guess make it like a true blue Dreamsicle. Um, so we might do that. Uh, we might take it a different way. I've seen other breweries kind of uh, do... Uh, like use a Berliner Weiss as a base to get it a little more tart. Uh, we might start experimenting with that. And uh, I mean, we're always trying different things out here and uh, just kind of, you know, that whole approach of throwing stuff against the wall, seeing what sticks and moving <laughs> on. And Well, I think it would be also, uh, as being a small local brewery, um, is it pretty hard to get people to try your, your beer around uh, Exer? Uh, no, I mean, I haven't seen too much difficulty. I think there are certain things uh, some drinkers will stay away from. As I mentioned before, our Blondale is probably, it might be our best seller or second best seller. And so a lot of the folks drinking that beer um, tend to be kind of like your Coors Light or Bud Light drinkers. And uh, sometimes they're just not interested in IPAs at all. Well, well I know that most of your beers that I've tried are, are very easy going, uh, very crushable. Um, and even the stouts, you know, the stouts are even just as incredible as your uh, IPAs. Can you talk about uh, maybe the stout that you have on tap uh, this week? Yeah, we have, uh, I call it the summer stout. Um, generally speaking, before we've always done these big high alcohol imperial stouts. And during the summertime, uh, I would brew a batch of them and they would stay up on my board for five months because nobody would get them. So this is a, it's a lower ABV, it's a 6%. Uh, it's still aged on uh, bourbon Madagascar vanilla beans mm. and uh, toasted coconut. So you get hints of that flavor in there. Um, and uh, you get some roasty notes. The mouth feels very velvety. And uh, we've had a lot better success uh, during the summer selling <laughs> just a regular stout as opposed to an imperial one. Now tell me, uh, at your brewery, do you uh, brew everything in-house or do you uh, brew outside of the, outside the brewery as well? Uh, everything's done in-house. Okay, uh, and, but I also saw like uh, on, on your Facebook the other day, uh, you had a collaboration beer with Incinerati, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Mike Smy and I uh, brewed up a beer at his spot in Fresno, although I should say it was mainly him as the guest. I got to kind of 
just do the photo op and toss some grain in. Mike was doing the lion's share of the work. That guy works very hard. I, I, I like to see that, you know, a lot of the brewers now are actually getting together to, to make these kind of unique beers. And I know that, for, you know, you, you collaborate with a lot of different, even local uh, businesses, uh, coffee, right? You, you, you uh, don't you do like a beer with uh, coffee? Yeah, with uh, our coffee porter, uh, Kofifi. We uh, use uh, coffee from Mavericks Coffee in Visalia, and uh, pretty much with only a couple exceptions, we use them. Uh, we've also, I think, one time we use coffee from Component, and I think that's about it. I can't really recall anywhere else. Uh, on occasion, there's a couple of friends we brew with uh, from down south, and they'll bring a coffee from their like. A roaster down in the Los Angeles area. Nice. So, is it hard to even brew with coffee? I, I, I wouldn't even know what to do to start with brewing with coffee. Uh, for us, I mean, we're basically, um, for most everything we're doing, we're just kind of cold brewing with it. So, fermentation's done, everything's done, and then we're adding the coffee beans in oh. and then uh, kind of like cold soaking them because the beer at that point's, you know, about 60 to 65 degrees right and then it spends a couple days in the cold room chilling down even more uh when we do the uh golden stout uh at that point we'll throw some coffee in during the boil uh well not during the boil usually we drop the temperature down to i think 185 or 195 and uh then add the coffee beans because you can extract some flavor and not really get as much of the bitterness yeah. You don't want that in a in a, 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 st a stout kind of profiled beer, right? Like when you do with coffee or um, even with the hops sometimes it kind of over overbearing uh, hop hops kind of give that uh, that nasty taste in your mouth, I feel like. Yeah, that, well, I mean, they can contribute a lot of bitterness. And we had uh, a beer called Heavy Diamond for a while that was um, very hoppy for a stout and... Uh, I don't know, it was, kind of, it was very divisive. <laughs> Some people really liked it. Other people, you know, thought I was trying to make a Cascadian dark ale or something. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I've tried it before, and it was really delicious. Yeah. And you do an amazing job with all your, I think, stouts. Uh, the one that I've had that was one of my favorites, I think it was um, a Cinnamon Toast Crunch beer that you made. Oh, uh, the one where you actually use the cereal? Yep. Yeah, that one was fun. We bought um, four of the Costco boxes <laughs> so i don't know how many pounds probably like 20 pounds of cereal or something and then i got you know four nylon bags and we tied them all together and soaked them in there and uh it was just insane how much of that cereal flavor <laughs> soaked into the beer that and i mean there was a i could swear there was almost like a slick on top of each glass so oh, i don't know if it was sugar <laughs> or cinnamon or something but uh it was a. Uh, it had a ton of flavor. Was that something that you just thought of, thought of, or have you seen other breweries do that kind of style beer? I've seen uh, other breweries use a lot of just oddball items, and so I figure like, well, why can't we do the same thing? Uh, I've seen them throw in cereal. I've seen you know people throw birthday cakes into the mash, uh, crush up candy bars, do all sorts of things. So uh, I figured, why not? do that and there's a like a segment of the beer drinking population that when uh, they hear that you've done something like that their ears kind of perk up and like oh i gotta go get that <laughs> well definitely uh you got to try the stouts if you come here you also got to try the ipas when you come here 
Um, I know you're doing a lot of also local events, uh, hosting a farmer's market uh, every Sunday, right? Yeah, every Sunday from 8 to noon, we have a farmer's market out here. And uh, it's fun. Usually there's uh, one to two food vendors. Uh, on occasion, we've had the Nitro Bike out here. They do uh, cold brew and uh, tea. Uh, we've had, um, there's a couple guys doing ice cream out here, and then uh, there's vendors selling like preserves, fruits, vegetables, uh, I think there's a place called the Keto Cafe, if you're on the whole low-carb thing, they do a lot of ketogenic items, or if you uh, are into that, so we're getting a pretty good mix, and I think as we get into the fall and the weather gets a little better, we're, and uh, the harvests start coming in, we're going to be getting a lot more vendors out here. Now, is, now uh, when you get those vendors, are those local vendors that, that come from Visalia? For the most part, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, all, I don't think anybody's really traveling to come <laughs> right, out here. Right. It's, uh, it's all local. But, but I think uh, starting stuff like that, uh, I think it, it goes to bigger things uh, sooner than later. You know, you're going to start seeing uh, maybe those, those, um, those, I think it's great that you, you know, you do those farmer markets uh, on Sundays. Uh, I'd see it all the time in Fresno. They do the farmer, farmer's markets and how big they've gotten. Uh -huh. You know, um, I remember the one that they have in River Park. At one time, it was just a, a small little, you know, farmer's market. And then it turned into like this big festivity that people actually look forward to every week. And I think that's something that you could give to the community and people could get, get around that and actually, you know, progress. And, and, and it's always the beer that it seems like gets people together the most, you know? Yeah, I think that's uh, the one advantage of our farmer's market is you can drink beer out here so uh, oh so the, the brewery's open while the farmer's market's yeah, open yeah brewery's open oh. while the farmer's market's open we're uh serving pints and uh and most of the business is to go uh you know crawlers and cans and stuff but on occasion you know we do get a few people especially you know if they're stopping down and getting like a quesadilla from quesadilla gorilla or something like that you know they grab a pint of beer too and uh you know have a beer at 10 in the morning well, how about some of the other events that you host here? I know uh, during the week, sometimes most of the time, I see that you have a certain artists and come out here and play at 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 your gazebo right here. Yeah, uh, uh, every Saturday during the summer, we've been having kind of like a, like, I guess you could call it a summer concert series or something like that, um, and that'll be going up through uh, the end of August, and then the musical. We'll still have bands out here, but it won't be quite as often. And, uh, you know, we'll start doing, like, more big events. Like, we have an Oktoberfest coming up. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that on the... On the uh, it, what kind of plans do could we look forward to the Oktoberfest? Well, we've got, uh, I think, Fatty Albert's Pizza out of Hanford is going to kind of switch it up. And they're going to be doing bratwurst and pretzels and stuff. So, well, I guess we'll have traditional <laughs> Oktoberfest food. And then uh, I'm brewing up a Munich Hells and a Fest beer with um, Matt Herrera, who used to work at Full Circle, and he's also brewed at a couple other breweries in the area. And uh, we're doing the whole big, you know, the one liter steins, we're selling those. And uh, there'll be some contests. Um, I think we're doing like a Stein hoist. And uh, if we can get enough contestants, a uh, later hose and fashion show, or fashion <laughs> contest rather, uh, we have, I don't know, it's this weird device that kind of straps on your back and goes over, and it's almost like 
you know, like the marionette puppets, right. only it's a platform with a uh, plastic cup of beer in there, and you have to try and manipulate it oh. into your mouth to drink oh, it. No. it. It's hilarious. <laughs> so, so basically, people are going to be wearing their beer at the end of the night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully not too many. It's, I think uh, our manager, uh, Aaron, tried to... Uh, use it and there's a very hilarious video of the thing just whirling around like a helicopter <laughs> you're like trying to run away with it while she's attached to it that's definitely something i have to check out. i know yeah. i already purchased some of those steins from you uh, the last time i was here um but let's talk about the 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 different styles of like munich beers like you were talking about uh-huh. um what what kind of what kind of brewing process does that take is it different than the ipas and the stouts yeah well because we'll be lagering which is kind of a challenge for a smaller brewery uh you know we're very small we don't have uh, glycol jacketed tanks we still use a series of cold rooms to bring our temperatures down so to lager something which you know usually you're doing your primary fermentation um, at anywhere from you know 48 to maybe 53 or 54 degrees uh, so you know i have a tank in my cold room right now uh, with a heat jacket on it <laughs> and a range set in and uh, that'll be and it also takes quite a bit longer I mean when you're lagering you can go five to six weeks or so uh, it's a very long slow process but in the end uh, you're looking for a very um, clear very dry crisp beer and uh, um, you know I've got my fingers crossed <laughs> and that it works out uh, I, I think we should be good <laughs> so like like you said it takes a longer process and because the beer that we we uh, brewed together um, it only took what two weeks to ferment yeah I mean probably about maybe a week in primary then uh, you know we give it X amount of time to kind of settle out and develop and then we do our dry hopping and then uh, we crash it for a few days to kind of drop out all the excess hop matter and yeast and all that. Uh, so it kind of depends if we have, um, especially if we're doing a single IPA or something like that, a two week turnaround time is not unreasonable at all. But so but it's so much different uh, time-wise for, between the lagering and uh, yeah. basically the fermenting of IPA, right? Yeah. Lagering, I mean, you would think, you know, with like, you know, people always refer to like Bud Light and Coors Light and all that as being these crappy cheap beers or whatever so you would think it would obviously take less time to make those but those beers take i think five or six weeks to make so so you actually give credit to the to the bud light guys then the bud the budweiser guys i will say this because you know i mean they obviously their business practices are uh suspect but uh i mean in terms of brewing a beer that has nothing wrong with it you know, they and knock, consistency too, yeah, and consistency. right? They knock it out of the park. You know, if you have an IPA, you can cover up a lot of bad cellaring technique <laughs> by just dumping hops in it. If you have beer like Budweiser, is pretty exposed. But they also probably have the the machine the machinery that could do a beer like that kind of by itself. Oh yeah, you know, it's a press of a button rather than touching the malts and you know crushing it all up by yourself. I think that's also a different aspect to. Uh, the craft beer and actual, you know, big uh, market beers. Um, but I want to talk about also um, just um, maybe some of the beers that you like have a tough time brewing, like it, like maybe uh, saisons or any sours that maybe are tough, uh, you know. Or I think our well, we haven't done any, um, you know, like traditional barrel aged sours or anything like that. We did a 
kettle sour once, and that was kind of a pain in the ass because you know it was an overnight mash, and we had to rig up a few things to keep temperature consistent, and uh, you know keep oxygen out of the mash while the bacteria was working, <laughs> and uh, it was a it was a you know friends of mine who said oh yeah let's do this and it was kind of sold to me as like this is going to be easy in and out you know i don't even know why we're making a big deal about this and then both nights i think i ended up staying out here until you know one or two in the morning and uh you know because i, I it was kind of part of like uh we have like our employee pilot batch thing right so it's supposed to be two of our um employees at the time, uh, you know, Matt Herrera and Ronnie Larigo were going to do it, and then somehow I ended up having to help a lot. <laughs> Stay out really late. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the end result was pretty good, but that's difficult. Sometimes our dark beers are a bit difficult. Just um, getting them to finish can take quite a bit longer. And it's the patience, too, you yeah. have to have, right? Oh, well, you just talked about the employee uh, pilot program. Can you tell me a little bit more about the pilot program that you... You run here at Rocky Hill? Yeah, I wanted to give, uh, you know, people an opportunity to brew their own beer that uh, wouldn't get the chance to help me otherwise. I get out here very early in the morning, and so uh, even, um, you know, even when I had somebody helping me full-time in the cellar, he wouldn't get out too often to, you know, do mashings and stuff like that because... <laughs> You know, when, when I'm starting at like five in the morning, yes. sometimes things are, uh, they're getting pretty wrapped up if somebody's coming in at like eight or nine. So right, right. It's, uh, it's difficult to get in on it. And then also like the bar staff, um, you know, everybody's interested in beer and making beer and all that. So I figured, okay, well, we'll do like a smaller tank. And uh, if they want to brew something, okay, you do the research, you come up with this, I'll kind of give my input, you know, like, oh, no, that would be gross, or let's change this or that. <laughs> and uh, it, it's worked out well so far, and we've gotten some good results out of it. I mean, Miss Frizzle, our red ale, came directly from the employee pilot program from our uh, manager, uh, Aaron. And that's basically a regular beer we have on the board um, almost all the time. So is that something now she brews herself every time, or is that now just a recipe that... Oh, uh, that's, yeah, recipe I drew. Okay. She uh, came to me with a recipe. We um, changed it up a bit, and I've changed it a couple times since then to kind of tweak it a little bit and kind of dial in on a profile that we can uh, all like. But the first incarnation of that beer was all, you know, Aaron for the pilot program, and then we just kind of make it made it work within our framework and incorporated it into our lineup. So uh, is this a, the, the pilot program, is that something that you do monthly or weekly? No, not really. I mean, because my production schedule is so sporadic, uh, it's hard to plan things out like that. It's uh, kind of mainly, there's some sort of order that everybody <laughs> seems to have. And it's like, well, who's up next? I don't know. They, they kind of figure it out and then come up to me. Oh, well, so-and-so wants to do this beer. And... You know, then I try and make time. Like, okay, well, two and a half weeks out, we'll do this. Because, you know, I also have to order ingredients a lot right, of times. Because, right. uh, especially if they want something kind of oddball, I have to make sure that we have uh, those ingredients on hand in a commercial size quantity. Right, right. Um, with the pilot program, do you see, like, uh, most of those beers being like, successful, uh, helping out Rocky Hill with the sales in, in, in the brewery? Uh, 
Yeah, I think, well, and a lot of it kind of depends on who's brewing the beer and are they promoting it themselves on their own social media and all that. You know, we'll always mention if it is part of the pilot program. And uh, I don't know, I end up usually being um, kind of the biggest, I wouldn't say customer because I'm obviously drinking it for free, <laughs> but probably the biggest user and abuser of these beers. It, um, what, when Erin did Miss Frizzle, I think I probably drank half of what she made. Uh, <laughs> one of our former employees, Ben Gonzalez, did um, a blonde ale flavored with, I think, coffee and maybe vanilla too. But it was it was lethal. It was like 3.8% and it had such a high caffeine content. <laughs> you were up then for a while. Then. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was like you drink it all day. It was impossible to get drunk because you're so wired. Right. But, do, but with that... Sorry, but yeah. the pilot program, do you see, like, the trend of people trying to change uh, people's perception? Uh, like, you see, like, Miss Frizzle is one of those red L's, you know? Uh, a certain amount of people like red L's, but some don't know about red L's. Yeah. They think craft beers, IPAs, and stouts. So do you see that maybe the pilot program brings people uh, that wouldn't necessarily drink that beer, but they're purchasing it just to, to know that maybe the the bartender brooding or whatnot. I think, yeah, I mean, I think there's an aspect of that. I think there's also the aspect that um, usually those beers aren't things that I normally brew out here or even think to brew. So, you know, variety definitely attracts people. I mean, so far we've had a Saison, well, it's more like an Imperial Saison. It was like 8.6% <laughs> or something. That's a big boy. That's a big boy. Then, like I said, we had the what vanilla coffee blonde, the red ale, uh, the Berliner Weiss. And, you know, these are all things that I don't typically do. So I think the variety factor definitely helped uh, attract people to that. I mean, it would be kind of boring if somebody out here just wanted to brew another hazy IPA because we already do, you know, so many of those each month. And they're all delicious, so yeah. it's like, it's hard to match that next one. Yeah. But but I think I appreciate that the, that you actually let the employees uh, take over the reins for a little bit, you know, even though you're, you're the one that's uh, still helping out back there, but just at least giving, giving them a chance to actually learn how to do uh, basically what their profession is is beer. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing that uh, a little a little uh, microbrewery like yourself allows their employees to be hands on with ac the actual product. Yeah. And that brings it more craft than anything. You know, to to my to my opinion, it just it makes you guys that much better. I feel like because you guys offer endless amounts of different creative beers, uh, and I and I say that just as a fan, but more that I, I enjoy them, and I also. Uh, if I see them in Fresno, I definitely try to go get get those cans, get those bottles uh, at the at you know Moreau Shell or um, any of the you know nice beer pubs that we have in yeah. Fresno. Smoke um, easy, smoke <laughs> easy. There we go, smoke easy. Well, um, we did that beer with Jake. Uh, when he uh, Jake basically dictated that whole beer. Uh, he's amazing with ingredients. I mean, I guess in the kitchen or behind the brew kettles. And he laid out, he's like, oh, I think we should use this, use that, use that. And I'm like, oh, all right. What, what kind of beer did, what, what was the beer called again? He did uh, Front Street. Or no, was it Front Street? I, I totally forget. I, I, I remember it was... No, Memory Lane. Memory Lane, Memory yeah, Lane, there Front, we go. Front Street was a version we did later that was like the light version. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah Memory Lane, it was because it was after um, one of the tracks on his album... 
Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then uh, yeah, it was a it was a dark brute. Oh, I remember that now. Yeah. It was really dry too. It had like yeah. a nice dry but roasty. Almost roasty notes in it too. Yeah, I think from the grain that we used to darken it, we, a little bit of that kind of came through. But uh, I remember that beer being uh, pretty delicious. And uh, and who takes chances on black IPAs these days? Like nobody sells black IPAs anymore. And this is what I'm talking about. Like the creativity here is just amazing. And knowing that uh, that people like Jacob, you know, come in here and also be able to be hands on and you know having each other's backs in in, in that sort of uh, camaraderie. You know, because like I said, the beer, you know, brings everybody together. That's how I think you guys met. That's how we met. I mean, we the way that we met was literally, can I have my wedding here at Rocky Hill? Yeah. And I still remember it. And then you said, you know what? Okay, let's do it. And ever since then, your, your beers have just gotten better and better. And I, I, I say that as a fan, but also just because I respect the hell out of you. And I saw what it took that day that we brewed our beer together. Oh, yeah. I'll just ask you, how did I do that day? Oh, you did great. <laughs> even though, even though I was uh, in the way, and you know, I would, I like to learn. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, you got in there and did it. It was awesome. Uh, I mean, usually, you know, like collaborative efforts like that, or um, especially you as the guest, you're supposed to just, you know, chill, help with the mashing, and you know, we kind of talked throughout the process. Uh, I think we had a lot of fun that day. No, it was. Yeah. I think we had a, a few too many that day. <laughs> Very difficult cleanup later. <laughs> Did not want to be there in the afternoon, but <laughs> well, let, let's also talk about uh, maybe some of the uh, favorite beers that you like to brew. Uh, I know hazies are definitely something that you are known for. Uh -huh. uh, maybe there's uh, clear, like West Coast IPAs that you like to brew, or maybe is it blondes that is your favorite to brew? Well, blonde would be the easiest, probably. <laughs> so that might be the best one. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it's probably our lightest grain bill, so it involves the least lifting. <laughs> and uh, it's the simplest process we have, and it turns over quick. Uh, Hazy's are actually kind of difficult because uh, I use a wart grant. There's, there's more setup involved. Uh, takes a little bit longer. There's Whirlpool editions, so I mean, it's just it's a longer day in general. And then there's also kind of um, the increased pressure, like okay, this this better be good. Uh, you know, I mean, every time we release a hazy, I think there's a certain expectation. So uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure there. Definitely, definitely. Um, now, I know you're a fan of beer, so what are maybe some of the uh, beers that you like to drink? I know brewers have. You know, uh, you guys have uh, a certain, I know, ABV that you like to stay in, or uh, at least I've heard, you know, uh, uh, just so you can keep going throughout the day. Like, is there beers yeah, that, you like know, shift beers? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll drink our blonde a lot uh, if I'm working and having a beer because, you know, you don't want to get wrecked uh, on the job. Uh, I'd say, in terms of other people's beers, um, I'm really digging the Firestone Lager lately. Yeah, that's a really good uh, one. But really liking a Trimmer's Pilsner. Usually a lot of stuff on the kind of lighter end. Um, and it's kind of just gotten worse over the past couple of years. Like anytime I go into a brewery, I'm always asking for their lager or Pilsner, which is ironic because I think the beer tenders are probably thinking like, oh, another one of these... <laughs> craft beer amateurs <laughs> like, oh, no I, I have a brewery uh, yeah, yeah, I, own, I own Rocky Hill <laughs> but um, 
when being a fan is also a good thing, right? It almost gets you uh, motivated to maybe try some of these styles that yeah. other breweries are doing. Um, have you seen any new trends in the scene that you, you might see? Maybe like, you know, the hazies are right now. Maybe in the next year or so, you see a different trend um, starting up. Because I know the, ha- the West Coast IPAs that were the best. And then it turned into the, to like sours, and then all of a sudden the hazy beers came out, and then now it's like a craze. Yeah. So, do you see any uh, trends that that might be uh, coming in the near future? You know, most of the trends I've been seeing have kind of been on the. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say even on the beer level. There's uh, all the stuff tap rooms are doing. Slushies being a thing, we blindly followed that trend and got a slushy <laughs> machine. Uh, you know, products that aren't necessarily considered beer, seltzers and stuff like that, they seem to be getting popular. I think um, there are so many craft breweries right now, and uh, only a handful of styles that are popular. I mean, I don't, it's gonna be a tough go of, uh, you know, surviving in a business sense if you make the best English bitters out there, (laughs) you know, especially in California. You know, everybody's going after the IPAs. I think there are certain things that are kind of starting to die down or at least level out a little bit. Uh, Milkshake IPAs were hot for a bit and now I think that's leveled off. And I think, um, especially as you just start seeing more and more options on the store shelves, um, it's the uh, craze part is dying down a little, at least here. I mean, I don't know in other states where it hasn't hit yet. I mean, I was up in Washington just a month ago, and uh, a couple places had a hazy going on, but uh, nobody was really kind of doing it like the California brews were. I mean, it, you know, there wasn't much of a haze profile or anything like that. So yeah, I'm assuming in other states, uh, you know, things are different, but at least in California, we're, and we seem to be kind of on the forefront of a lot of the craft beer movements. Um, a lot of these latest trends are starting to mellow out. Well, that's something that we in the Central Valley have a, a really good uh, part in. We, we got LA so close mm-hmm. as good uh, as good uh, brewers as they have down there. Then you go up north to like San Francisco or Santa Rosa area, and you've got just as good breweries as uh, in California as both sides. You know, yeah. And we're just stuck right in the middle. I think that I think that shows, especially through your beers. Uh, you know, seeing that. Um, the creativity and the and the way that you put the the profile of how it tastes, you know, it's almost on top of those those high higher end uh, craft beers. I would say. Well, it'd be really cool to be considered in that. You know, that's some good company to be in. <laughs> no, but yeah. but it, but but it's like I said, it's great because you could go, you know, just up the highway and go check out what we have uh, in in um, you know, L uh, not yeah. LA but but San Francisco and. And, and stuff like that, and you could probably take it, tweak it, make it make it your own, and you literally, you some I feel like some of these that I taste from you are almost like the ones that I I could go get at Monkish or yeah. or you know a cellar maker, and those are the types of beers I feel like you brew, you yeah. know. So it, it, it's so it's incredible to see how California and a whole and craft beer just has that that uh, image to be able to. Uh, translate through beer you know well we gotta try and keep those guys local you know i mean i've been down to monkish releases before and probably run into like six or seven people i knew (laughs) just at random we didn't plan on meeting up it's like oh i see you more often in torrance than i do up in the valley (laughs) 
Uh, so you know, we gotta let him know. Like, well, you can get some of that up here. Have you seen yeah. it? Have you seen anything like, um, like at Monkish that maybe you wanted to, you want to try to do? Like, I know they do some funky stuff. Like you were talking about, like they throw just stuff in in, in the beer. Uh, I know they had like a, a cookie stout there. I, I haven't really been there, but I've heard many things about them, and I know that they're one of those 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 big boys, the big breweries. Yeah, well, they're definitely um, kind of like a untapped all star kind of brewery. Like you know, you've got sours, you've got barrel aged stouts, and you have New England IPAs, all uh, basically the biggest kind of hype generator beers, and they do a great job at all of them. So. Um, I don't know, I mean, in terms of barrel aging out here, it's gonna be a while before we have the right infrastructure for it. Uh, and the, for the New England IPAs, uh, I've tried to um, kind of look at their haze profile, and if we have one that comes out that kind of matches up with theirs, I'm always pretty proud because, you know, you always kind of target um, other breweries. You know, if, the, if somebody's knocking it out of the park, it was like, well, I would like mine to be like that in terms of you know certain aspects so so you frequently frequently go to monkish or not frequently it's i mean well being up here and with all the people doing bottle shares and can shares it frequently makes its way up here i've been down to the brewery i think two or three times what, what are some of your favorite breweries to go to this uh really i've been really loving green cheek uh down there in it's either anaheim or right next to anaheim uh, I love the brewery Tarot, um, Beachwood, the barbecue location where they have oh, the, in, uh, in there in Long Beach. Yeah, Long Beach. Yeah, that's a lot they of fun. They make really good IPAs too, though, uh, Beachwood does. Yeah. But they also do, don't they have another spot too, a sour spot? I believe so. Or, uh, I haven't been there. I think I've just been to the barbecue okay. spot. Okay, okay. I, I, I've heard that they might have another location, but... Uh, I know. I, I, I believe they do. Uh, it's just I haven't been to it. So those are. I know that's L.A. Uh, area. Uh, How about maybe up north? Some breweries that you like to go up north. You know, I don't have quite as much experience with going up north for the breweries. Uh, Sonny Darius, I've hit up a couple times, and that was such a unique experience. And if I had to really, God, I'd put them right up with Green Cheek in terms of I could sit down at the bar and just kind of go through the tap list and there's nothing on there. That's like one of those things, like don't plan on going anywhere after, <laughs> you know, you don't want to be budget for time. You might find five more beers that you think are great. Exactly. <laughs> and it's worth just spending the time. I, I've actually been there uh, myself and like even the IPAs, like um, they're, they're kind of limited sometimes. Sometimes they don't have them. Yeah. Sometimes they do. And the time that we went, they actually had like three different types of IPAs. But then they, they they did a like like you kind of had a you know the the um, black IPA and then you had kind of the lighter IPA. Uh -huh. They had the kind of the same deal, and I gotta tell you they make some some great beer there too. And I'm a big fan of actually nor Northern California brewing a little bit more, uh -huh. uh, just because I've already had a lot of you know Southern yeah. uh, California breweries, and it's not like it always changes. It's, for me, it changes all the time. But definitely Rocky Hill is one of those ones uh, for me that I could definitely come here and I could look at your tap your tap list and I know anything that I choose is going to be uh, something that I'm going to enjoy. Um, well, that's a good batch, Chippa. Oh, yeah. Now we're on our on Chippa now. We're yeah. drinking on Chippa now. 
Uh, we just got done drinking the blaze. Now you had a fresh batch of chippa. Uh-huh. He asked me if I wanted a, <laughs> a pour. I said, that's probably my favorite beer, so definitely get me a pour. How, how long ago did you drop this chippa? Uh, this was... Is it yet? No. Yesterday, maybe? So what is chippa, if people don't know? What... Uh, it's short for Centennial Hop IPA, but there is some citra in there as well. Is this one of the one of the uh, maybe crowd favorites that you could say? Yeah, I mean it's kind of interesting. I think when we have a lot of it on, um, people I, I never notice how popular it is. But when it's gone, I get a lot of complaints when it's not there. Uh, you know, there's just there are some West Coast IPA drinkers out there, and that's what they want. And when their chip is not there, they start getting a little cranky. <laughs> By the, I remember you brewed this the first the first batch you ever did. Um, it's changed throughout the time. Yeah, um, about a year ago, I kind of switched up uh, the dry hop on it, switched up the base recipe, and then um, also I stopped finding it to give it more of a hazy look instead of the. Uh, the light brighter, yeah. I like the color. Yeah, and uh, I just. When we made all these changes, people seemed to enjoy it more and more. Because the original Chippa was, um, I thought it was enjoyable, but uh, I, I feel like, I don't know, the aesthetics of kind of having that slight haze to it and then the brighter color, um, uh, I don't know, I think there's something to seeing what you're drinking and like there's some sort of interplay going on it's and like true. you know if it appeals to you visually <laughs> it's going to appeal to you and especially your taste in a cold glass that you guys hold here in the brewery i think that's a good idea too with your oh, beers the, the, you the frosted glasses i gotta tell you is probably the best idea you have because you have the crushable beers that you can just pound all day all day so let's i also want to talk about uh i know you allowed us uh a year ago to get uh-huh. married here. So can you talk about maybe uh, some of the events that you hold here? Uh, I know I know uh, you do the musical series uh-huh. and you, we also talked about the Oktoberfest, but are, are you still allowing people to get married in your brewery? Yeah, we still, um, we're still doing weddings out here and uh, other events too. Generally speaking, um, you know, if you have a smaller thing, 50 people are under, so we just, you know, say we can reserve tables and kind of make room for you because we have a fairly large outdoor area. I mean, you could fit maybe 150 people or more out there. Uh, and I have seen more at some weddings. And if it's going to be, you know, 100 people or more and you're going to kind of commandeer the place, that's when we'll, uh, you know, close the doors and make it a private event. And it's the one advantage that we kind of have over, you know, a brewery that might be in a traditional, like, industrial district somewhere. Um, you know, not, not a whole lot of folks want to get married in a small pub in downtown. Well, and, and especially here, uh, you're, you know, the, the wind is, rushes through here. You, the, even in the summer when you go outside, there's at least some wind uh, blowing, you know. Yeah. And so it's not unbearable when you go outside, really. Yeah. But it, it's just when you're, when you're really uh, hot, you better just sit in the shade. Yeah. That's basically how it is here, I feel like. Um, have, how many weddings have you had since you guys opened? You know, I want to say five or six. One of them was even a surprise wedding. Uh, we were told it was an engagement party, 
and uh, apparently all of the guests thought it was an engagement party, and the groom brought a surprise pasture. Oh my god! <laughs> and, uh, yeah, oh and my had a surprise god. wedding for everybody. So that was a lot of fun. That's creative. I, yeah. I would never think of doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, my parents and everybody else would be pissed off at me because oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't like surprises like that. But I think you know, for for being like a like a cool brewery like you are, like those are ideas that people uh, see. Uh, this brewery and, and having that idea of having it here, I think it's like, I think it's the best idea people could have because not only do you have one of the best uh, outdoor, I think, venues, um, but you also have the space, you know. And I've seen uh, through your anniversary parties how big, how big this place could actually hold uh, cars oh, yeah. and people, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been times when we've had. Maybe 130, 140 cars just kind of parked. I mean, the main lot, I think we can fit around 100 cars or so in there when we plan it out properly. And then we have parking kind of, um, I guess, a last-ditch effort parking along the uh, side of the lane leading up to the place. But, you know, we're on 20 acres out here. There's a lot of space. Uh, You're in the middle of orchards. Yeah, in the middle of orchards. It's nice and secluded, and uh, during most times of the year, the, you have a very good view of the Sierra Nevada mountains. Oh, yeah. yeah. And definitely today, too. It's clear, it's clear today. Um, and most of the time, you see a lot of even tourists coming through the, the brewery. I, I know I've met a few here as I've uh, drank, you know, in the, in the beer garden. Um, but I think it's cool that, you know, you're that close to the freaking mountains or to the lake. You know, you're, what, 10, 15 minutes away? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, Lake Huia is probably, like, 20 minutes or so. Three Rivers is half an hour. And then Sequoia National Park, um, maybe, like, 45 minutes. So, so you're definitely a spot to hit when you're going to some of, the, some of those places, like the, the lake or the, or the national parks. Oh, yeah. I mean, stop by, pick up some crawlers, go hike a mountain or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know... Uh, Definitely, I want to keep drinking this chippa. Uh-huh. Uh, I also want to keep drink. I hope I can't wait for the blaze to come out. Uh, that's uh, a big plus, uh, I think, for the podcast. And I, I'm glad that you're you're able to bring me aboard and actually show me a few things that maybe I never knew uh, was capable of when you brew. You know, I've I've done a little bit of home brewing. But I haven't done it where you have to make an 80-gallon uh, batch of beer. Uh-huh. It's totally different. The lifting's different. And to be able to do that, I, I, I have to say, you know, it's a dream come true. And it, my parents even tell me that the picture that I have was the happiest uh, they've ever seen me. Oh, really? So, <laughs> well, not so great when my wife's like, what about when we got married? That's a different, that's a different, different happy. happy. That's a different happy. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's it's just amazing that, you know, uh, throughout the time, you know, we actually became good friends. Uh-huh. And we continue to, you know, I, I support you guys. And I know you support the podcast. So I just want to thank you for, you know, just giving me the time. Um, anything that you uh, see in, in the uh, near future, uh, maybe, um, I know we talked about the beers already. Uh-huh. But maybe we could uh, talk about what you see uh, out of Rocky Hill in the near future. Uh, I'd say in the near future, um, you know, we're always looking for ways to upgrade the facility out here. So we'll be taking a good solid look at that. And then uh, we do have something pretty big kind of coming up that we've made some moves on. We're not doing any sort of public announcement yet, but let's just say you might not have to drive all the way out to Exeter for a little Rocky Hill hospitality in another five months or so. So you say I could get the chip uh, 
where I, in Fresno? I'm not, I'm not saying that right now, but, uh, you know. Okay, well, I just wanted, again, just thank, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, I hope that um, this will bring bring uh, people into the brewery to try the beers. I definitely, uh, this is one of my favorite spots, and uh, I'm going to continue supporting you guys on the podcast. I know um, I've already had, I think, two or three uh, of your beers already as beer of the week. I've had um, the... Uh, Mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had um, Dad Beer. Yeah. Um, what was my third one that I had? Uh, I, there was one more that I had. I, I I keep telling myself I need to make a list of it, but I definitely I showcased three of your beers on the podcast, and uh, you know, to me is uh, if you can get that quality anywhere you go, I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna, definitely gonna support you guys. So I just want to just say thank you again. I'm gonna finish my chippa. We're gonna finish our chippas. Uh, Sounds like a plan to me. All right. Thank you, Ben. All right. Thank you. Have a good one.